the 340th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're on way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today and as we like to do when Carolina has an extended period of time on, we like to bring on some of the best guests in the college basketball world to talk about the season, talk about the things around the team and around the college basketball world. And I thought, who who better to go to than Nada Edwards? He's the producer for the Ion College Basketball Podcast. In my opinion, the best national pod, uh, national college basketball podcast out there. Um, you, we heard from Nada earlier in the season, and, and now we, we decided to go back to the wall to talk about this team with five games left to go in the ACC regular season. So without any further ado, let's get to my conversation with Nada Edwards. We are now joined by Nada Edwards, the producer of the I On College Basketball podcast, fresh off uh, getting married over the weekend. We want to give him and wish him and his uh, beautiful wife congratulations, but Nada Rumors have it that you postponed your your honeymoon because you did not want to miss a spot on the Four Corners podcast. Can you confirm or deny? Oh, absolutely. I postponed the honeymoon for that. I mean, come on. This is one of the most, like, I would just put it, like, this is one of the most can't-miss podcasts. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to postpone honeymoons and everything else to talk to you, Fiddy. Come on now. Well, that. Uh, you know, we, we certainly appreciate uh, having you on. You're, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you just point blank. You, for, 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 for a guest, your numbers did as well as anybody that we have brought on this season. So my audience loved what you had to say about the Tar Heels because at the time, I believe we talked after the Oklahoma win. So it was about that time Carolina – was rounding into the team that we've we we we've grown we we've known to grow where they're you know they're atop the ACC standings and we'll start with over the weekend on Saturday CBS Sports uh, hosted the NCAA bracket preview show and 
Carolina was not only on the two line, but they were the top two seed on the two line and gives reason for us to believe that they could still be a number one seed come selection Sunday. Were you surprised that Carolina was the top two seed in the bracket preview show? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, I don't think Arizona's that good. And they've had some pretty bad losses. And I don't personally understand why they're the number one. I would love to understand how metrically they are number one. But at the same point, like there's still a really good shot for the this Carolina team to get that number one seed it's going to take a little bit more than i thought it would it would probably i thought at minimum it would take semifinal uh, acc tournament final appearance but mm. at the same point i think that it's still very very possible you just got to finish their again the heels have just got to finish their breakfast and as long as they do that they should be fine another big storyline around our area is the lack of respect that the acc uh, has been shown in recent NCAA tournaments, and it looks like it's going to continue into this year. Maybe Wake Forest and Pittsburgh and maybe NC State with strong finishes and then strong showings in the ACC tournament. Maybe they up the ACC bids, but right now it looks like the ACC is going to have a, maybe four, maybe five bids in the NCAA tournament. But as you know, because you cover the sport, you know fewer teams, but the ACC has teams that make it into the second weekend in the Final Four as frequently as any other power conference uh, in the NCAA tournament. What do you make of the lack of respect the ACC continues to be shown uh, by by the college basketball media? We can do it locally and nationally. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, at this point, I was one of those that media have had conversations off wax about I don't think the conference is that good to set in the third. But honestly, the way that everybody else is being perceived right now, specifically the Big Ten and a little bit of the Big 12, like we know Big 12 has been inflating their Q, their net ratings by playing non-conference teams and fattening up and beating them by 20 and 30 to up their metrics. We understand that. But the Big Ten really didn't do that. They don't really have that many really great teams either. So I do believe that like there is a lack of respect. And it's honestly turned the way it's gone. It's turned me into an ACC radical, kind of, quite, quite honestly, because I don't think that you can tell me that Illinois is that much better than, or again, that much better or on the same plane as Duke. You can't tell me that Virginia isn't a top 30, top 35 team. Same thing for Clemson. And I would put Wake there, but they don't have the wins. If they had the wins, I would say, yo, you know what? You have five no-doubt teams. Maybe NC State gets it together to where you get it to six. But I do believe that the ACC is underrated. I just wonder how much of this is if you took care of business in November and December, we wouldn't be having these conversations. And instead, now we're talking about a league that has basically cheddar bobbed itself multiple times this season. And unfortunately, this is what happens when you don't win a bunch of these non-conference games and you don't fatten up on the record to where at this point you don't have very much to speak for yourself and you really don't leave yourself much margin for error. Well, and, you, know, you know, speaking of, of not a, a large margin for error, this Carolina team, as gifted as they are, they, they still got to play, yeah. you know, as close to their potential for 40 minutes to win. And before they, they, they throttled Virginia Tech over the weekend, they were 2-3 and three in their recent five-game stretch 
Um, the win over Duke, you know, was, was the highlight of, of 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 the two wins. But during that, man, many people jumped off the bandwagon. My co-host after the Syracuse loss said that they're not good enough to make the Final Four and thinks they're going to finish third in the ACC regular season. Did your did did your belief in, in in this team's potential change because Carolina experienced a five game stretch of games that virtually every team in college basketball not named UConn has experienced this season? I still believe in this team because I, and I think we've discussed this. Like I keep pointing back to the UConn game. I saw a team that played UConn in basically a road environment and did very well for themselves in an environment that no one else would have. I still believe in that defense. That defense is still one of the best in the in the country. As long as they have that defense, they're going to be fine. We always talk about defense traveling no matter what, as long as that defense is there. And I do think that Seth Trimble missing a bunch of those games needs to be a factor. And if we're not going to talk about that being a factor, then we're not being honest with ourselves. I still think Carolina is one of the two teams I trust the most, the other being UConn in terms of getting to this Final Four. Everybody else, including a Purdue team that lost to a really horrible Ohio State team without their head coach, I might add, like I don't trust any of them. I still trust what Carolina does on the defensive end more than I do almost anybody not named UConn at this point. A big reason why Carolina went two and three was R.J. Davis's efficiency dropped. He was shooting like thirty-seven percent from the field in that stretch. He had a good game against Virginia Tech on Saturday, scored twenty points on thirteen shots. What can Hubert Davis do though to free him up on the perimeter because he's getting, you know, bodied and doubled and just drawn a lot more attention after the spectacular start of the season for him individually. I don't think it's a thing that Huber can do. I think it's about what Harrison Ingram can do. I think it's also about what guys like Cadeau can do, what Baycott, Armando Baycott can do. I think it's a, it, the way that you make this easier for R.J. Davis is you start punishing those doubles. If the other four guys on the floor cannot punish, then what are we doing here? But but most, most of all, R.J. is going through what everybody's going to go through. He's still the ACC player of the year at this point, or at least my ACC player of the year. He's still that guy. I'm not worried necessarily about a five-game swoon. Let's see if this creeps all the way into February. Let's see if this creeps into the into the early parts of March in the ACC tournament. If it happens then, cool, then we can start worrying about it. But for right now, it's about the other four guys on the floor that can be able to punish if they start doubling and start bodying him. Because if they can't – if Carolina starts punishing that, then you're going to see a lot more single coverage and you're going to see a much more balanced and dangerous team heading into the ACC tournament. I was going to ask you a question about RJ being the favorite to win the ACC Player of the Year, but you went ahead and answered that. So uh, let's let's move on to a guy that you just mentioned in your, in your answer about RJ, and that is Harrison Ingram. But I want to talk about um, the rebounding. He leads the conference in rebounding in ACC games. I know you're a basketball savant. You love basketball just like I do. You know, in, in, in radio and in podcasts, we do the whole comparison thing. It's so cliche, it's, but it's, it's easy content. Is there yeah. a former Tar Heel that he reminds you of with the way he's a, he's able to rebound the ball given his body structure? You know, I, I don't know why this name comes up to me for so much, but like, like vastly more ta- talented Jackie Manuel. Mm. I don't know why that name comes up to me. 
But that's the first guy I can kind of think of where he just fills in everything. Or better yet, Diet Marv. Diet Marvin Williams. And Diet Marvin, like Marv did everything as a freshman. This is what would happen if you're talking about a similar NBA talented prospect that can do everything, that can rebound, that has the length to affect everything on defense and just buys into whatever Hubert is trying to give him, similar to what Marvin did with Roy and buying in there as well. So I think that's I think Diet Marv works better, but again, super talented Jackie Manuel works as well. We're speaking with Nana Edwards. He is the producer of the Eye on College Basketball podcast. You can find that anywhere you find your podcast, most only on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe, become a daily listener like myself. You won't regret it. Um, at a program like Carolina, legacy is a big word, and Armando Baycott has talked about it really since he's arrived on campus, and we all know this is his final season in college basketball. Um, uh, uh, you know, there, there is no way for him to come back for a sixth season, and he talks about wanting to leave a legacy at UNC, and, and you know, with all the accolades he has individually, the most decorated rebounder at Carolina, he, he might pass Tim Duncan for most double-doubles in ACC history. He has never won an ACC regular season championship. Carolina is in position to do that with five games to go. What would that do for his legacy if he can uh, win an ACC regular season title? I like Armando Baycott, but a lot of his numbers have been empty for the most part. This would actually provide him some kind of substance behind the numbers. Armando has not done a lot of winning outside of quite literally that Duke, that Duke run that basically ruined the end of Coach K's title. For what Armando is, Armando kind, like kind of needs this. It would be the validation of everything he's put in, and I, I understand. You can blame Caleb Love for, for last year, but for a lot of his numbers, they've been empty, and having the wins behind it, having the hardware behind it, would validate him quite literally as one of the best Tar Heels post-2000. And I think that's a very – and granted, this is Carolina, so there's a very high bar for this. But he's not Hansbro, He's not going to be Sean May. But putting him right under that in terms of Tar Heel big men to ha- be at the program, I think that's a very possible and attainable goal if he gets the hardware behind all those numbers. Speaking of that ACC regular season title, Carolina hasn't won in Charlottesville since 2012. It's been – it's been over a decade. When they meet on Saturday afternoon, it won't be officially for first place after Virginia got beat last night, but um, you know, it, 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 the game is going to play a role in the ACC regular season standings. Is this Carolina's best chance to win there since they last won in 2012? Absolutely, and it's, it, it all honestly comes on the back on the sh- back and shoulders of Armando Baycott. We know that Virginia struggles with size. We know that Virginia struggles with physicality. That's the kind of game where Armando needs to get you 20, 10, and 5 and basically turn this into a laugher because we've seen while Virginia can beat anybody, they can absolutely lose to anybody. And if you're just your usual self and you can pro- – and honestly, the big thing, you North Carolina is one of those teams that can get into the muck deal with the pack line defense and play defense like a basically a quintessential Tony Bennett team. So at some point, like this might actually be the get right game, the game that can get North Carolina going to say, Hey, this is how we win. This is what we do. 
and and the ACC is ours, and the ACC will officially run through North Carolina and Armando Baycott with a statement one on Saturday. Um, I'm I'm sure you saw this on the social medias during that two and three stretch. Um, a lot of the people that are anti Hubert Davis, they decided to show back up because all of a sudden twenty and five just isn't good enough. Um, you know, and look, I I, I own that I fired Hubert during his first year, but I've really become um a Hubert Davis guy. Um, I love him, and I think he's the right man for the job. When you look at the fact that yes, he has coached in the Final Four. He's coached in a national championship game, but he hasn't quite yet won over our fan base, believe it or not, despite literally retiring Coach K on two separate occasions. We talked about how much an ACC regular season title would mean for Armando. What would it do for Hubert Davis, a guy that's won 20 straight games or 20 games or more in his first three years on the job? Nothing. Like, really? honestly, nothing. Okay. Because at this point, if you don't believe in Armando Baycott, or I'm sorry, in Hubert Davis, you don't believe in him by now and how he's remade this team on the fly through the transfer portal and has a whole bunch of young talent to come in and sustain him. If you don't believe in what Hubert Davis is doing by now, you're never going to believe it. And at this point, you can just be mad and watch the wins pile up. I, I guess like I want to follow up and say, is that fair? But like I know it's not fair, but like this is Carolina like I just think that he's in a really weird spot, right? Because he's the perfect man for the job. He was the ideal vision for the job. A guy that played for Coach Smith, was mentored by Coach Williams. He's won 20 games or more in three straight years, something that Coach Smith or Coach Williams didn't do uh, their first three seasons. And yet there are so many people that are still anti-Hubert. And I guess I guess the fan in me as a guy that is, you know, was a non-believer that became a believer – just want people to see the light and understand that it's not easy to win ACC regular season titles. We haven't done so in five years, and I would think that winning that winning one would be enough to shut people up, but I guess in your opinion that answer is no. No, the, the answer is no, but at the same point, like you have to understand that Hubert probably set the most impossible standard for himself in year one. Yeah. Because you brought it up. He retired Coach K twice. Big him on the beat him on the biggest stage. Theoretically, ended the rivalry. At that point, there's no place to go but up, or or theoretically, there's no place to go but up. But at the same point, he's also had to deal with the same class that retired Roy and sent Roy to retirement, mm-hmm. and also at the same point, establish his own footprint. He's starting to do that, and the wins aren't necessarily coming. But at the same point, the foundation of what Carolina basketball is. And me and you have had conversations about this before off wax where I wasn't sure about what they're doing in terms of NIL. I'm not sure about what they're doing in terms of, in terms of recruiting. But you notice what he's doing? He's picking up young pieces that are going to be part of the Carolina footprint for God knows how long. Cadeau is going to be the first of many. And at the same point, he's still picking up these recruiting wins left and right. They may not be Duke level, but they're close enough to where – all he's got to do is supplement here and there in the in the transfer portal. What Hubert is doing is working at this point, and it's working better than a team eight miles down the road that picks up five stars like like it's McDonald's Happy Meals at this point. So at the same point, like he's doing it his way, and he's doing it in a much more sustainable way by not relying on freshmen. A lot of this is just him building the foundation to where no matter what, no matter who transfers in, transfers out, 
the, the standard is now the standard, and you're seeing it with defense, and in, not in offensive ways. You're seeing it with the defense. That's the Hubert Davis standpoint, this, uh, staple at this point. But most importantly, like the foundation is built, it's laid, and all he's doing is continuing to build upon it at this point. And that's where I think I would tell the, the Carolina fans that don't believe, just sit back and watch. Because what he's doing is is being much more sustainable, possibly, than most five-star programs that we're seeing fall by the wayside at this point. A few more for you, Nada, and I know you got to go. In your opinion, do you think the ACC race will eventually come down to Duke and Carolina meeting on the final weekend of the regular season like it did for so many years when we were both growing up loving college hoops? Absolutely. I, I don't really believe in Virginia because Virginia keeps – Getting these just bad losses that set them set them back in not only like the ACC race, but in terms of being back on and off the NCAA tournament bubble. So as far as they go, I can't necessarily believe in them because you know what they've shown me time after time not to believe in them. So if that's the only case, then you know what is going to come down to Carolina Duke in Cameron in the final weekend of the season. And what better way to end the ACC race? than that, quite honestly, because you know what? I, I'm not the biggest nostalgia person, but I will allow a little bit of sunshine that is nostalgia in, and that's, that's one of my favorite weekends, just to, to, just for that one one game at this point. All right, now I'll get you out on this with five games to go. UNC wins the regular season title if, and UNC doesn't win the regular season title if. UNC doesn't win if it, UNC wins it if they if they beat Virginia and they beat Duke in the final weekend of the season. If UNC loses again, they will again. UNC loses it if we get it to they lose Virginia this Saturday and they lose the Duke game because I think those are the two game two most important games of the season left. I think they'll handle business during the rest of those, but those are the two big games. They get those two and everything will be all right. Do you think they can win it if they split the Virginia and the Duke games? <sighs> no. Because, mm. Honestly, no. Because I I just don't think you need to let Virginia back into this. I really – there's something about that, like that giving a young team that late confidence to actually come and win this. And then on top of that, there's going to be more blood in the water. Everybody's going to start wondering and panicking. And I don't. there's a part of me that wonders how much of this – this uh, Carolina thing does like does Armando Baycott start panicking when in this oh no not again we're in a tailspin thing. I do think that confidence and momentum are a very real thing. So I do think winning that game on on Saturday will do so so much in terms of putting some necessary separation between them Virginia and Duke at that point. That I think you do need both of those. That is Nada Edwards. He is the producer of the Eye on College Basketball podcast, delivering some more great, you know, UNC and ACC basketball uh, thoughts as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Nada, had fun as always, my man. Appreciate you making some time for us and to go enjoy that honeymoon. And we'll talk again later down the road. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, man. There you go, guys. That's not a Edwards. You know, the beautiful part about this business is you meet people and then they become, you know, co-workers, acquaintances. And now I think I'm lucky enough uh, and humble enough to call Nada a friend. And he's as good as anybody there is 
in the business, loves loves college basketball, loves basketball, and I always love having him on to talk hoops with us throughout the season. Well, it is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Guys, before we let you go, we do got to give you one of our words from our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Welcome back inside the Four Corners Podcast, guys. Uh, This is Josh here to wrap up the latest edition of the show. Do want to I encourage you guys to visit the website HeelToughBlog.com where we'll be getting you ready for Carolina and Virginia later in the week um, as the Heels look to return to action with five games to go in hopes of winning an ACC regular season title. I'll have you covered on the basketball front. Any news, notes, recruiting, draft stuff, you can find that for football. Anthony has you covered. Just make sure you're staying locked in. HeelToughBlog.com for the latest Carolina basketball Tar Heel football coverage. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. With that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Nada once again for joining me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Get any sweeter than that!